Hey there, it's Monica Brooks and Dr. Hella Harvey. As you can see from the title of this episode, we will be talking with a two-time breast cancer survivor. Recurrence of cancer is something that most survivors fear. So please be sure that you're in a good headspace before listening to today's episode. We have no doubt it'll leave you inspired and encouraged to take your power back from cancer. Welcome to the Breast Cancer Podcast. I'm breast surgeon, Dr. Deepa Hala Harvey. And I'm Monica Brooks, a breast cancer advocate. And we are both breast cancer survivors. We're here to talk about all things breast cancer. From surgery to survivorship, we know firsthand the challenges a breast cancer diagnosis can bring. We are here to tackle topics that impact our lives. Let's get started. All right. Welcome so, back. Welcome to the back, cancer. everyone. Yes. I'm excited to be back in person with you. I don't know I, if our audience knows that, but we record in person. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. We record in person. We do our TikToks in person. Yeah. make some videos. <laughs> and we have so much fun doing this. We do. And yeah. I, I'm so excited about our guest today. Yeah. Her name is Kendra. And based on what I've heard, she has done some pretty amazing things. And you talked about feeling empowered yes, and taking your power back. Yeah. And I feel like based on what I've learned about Kendra, she's a, an amazing example of that yes. through her diagnosis. So I'd love to welcome Kendra to the Breast Cancer Podcast. Welcome, thank Kendra. You. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm excited you're here as well. <laughs> and maybe have you tell us about your diagnosis mm-hmm. and then we'll get into some of the amazing work that you've done since you were diagnosed. So let's maybe start with your age, the stage, um, anything you want to share. Yeah. Um, I had some lumps that I was concerned about along with some nipple discharge. I was 29 years old, went to a family doctor after a push from a coworker who actually was 40 years old, getting her first mammogram, um, went to my family doctor. They weren't too concerned about it. I have no family history of breast cancer whatsoever. And in the back of my mind, I didn't think anything of it, but we did do a mammogram and we did do um, an ultrasound and nothing was found. Fast forward, we did some more scans and that's where I was diagnosed with DCIS. Um, Fast forward a little bit, I got, I should probably back up, sorry. Um, I live in a very small town about two hours away from Columbus. Some Columbus doctors actually come to our local hospitals and that's how I got sent to Columbus to get a biopsy done. That same day, they were able to do an ultrasound, found the mass that I was concerned about, did a biopsy. And then I actually, on that same day, was connected with Dr. Hala Harvey. And we talked about kind of what to expect um, after the biopsy with the official results and everything. We did elect to do a double mastectomy. Um, I felt like that was the most right choice for myself. Um, being young, didn't want to have any reoccurrence happen or anything like that. So double mastectomy is what we elected to do with large areas of DCIS. So that was the best option. We did the double mastectomy and then I did reconstruction right away with expanders. Um, After about a month, I did fill up with fluid, which ended up being an infection. So we did remove the expanders after one month and had failed reconstruction. At that point, they kind of tell you six months, like you can't do anything for six months. And one of my biggest things was I wanted more children. I was lucky enough that I did not have my diagnosis with hormone receptors. So we ended up actually getting pregnant with our third child shortly after getting the expanders removed and um, life kind of went back to normal. I felt okay where I was at. I just wanted to be a mom. So we didn't look at reconstruction anymore. Um, They actually left excess skin. 
so that if I ever wanted to do the reconstruction, I could, which I don't look back on any of it and regret making any of those decisions along the way. We end up actually having another child, our fourth one, and he was three months old. And her recommendation, I was actually only getting like skin checks um, by doctors once a year. I was coming up every June, like clockwork. I, I go and see Dr. Hala Harvey. Actually, crazy enough, we got a call from her office. She was out of town. They're like, do you want to reschedule? Do you want to still come in? I was like, just let's just still come in. I, that's fine. I went in and they were the ones who actually found the second diagnosis and it was a small lump. I always tell people the first diagnosis was hard. The second one was even harder. I think because I didn't find it. So I didn't feel like I was doing my own due diligence of doing the check, but that's why you, you know, you do your own checks and then you also talk to your doctors and do, they do their checks. So then at that point did a biopsy. Again, I was very lucky that I was stage one, but we all agreed um, to even be more um, aggressive this time. And we did uh, 12 weeks of uh, chemo. We did a year of Herceptin, the immunotherapy, because uh, it did come back uh, HER2 positive, but still estrogen and progesterone negative. So, um, and then I did 30 rounds of radiation. We did do another surgery to remove all excess skin and also the tumor. So at this point, moving forward, it will, I will remain flat, which I'll kind of go into later that I find a lot of humor kind of in it and how I've um, adapted to that whole world. And I've been okay with everything. It's just, I think a part of the whole journey and who I become now and what I can give to other people. I would say, you know, we'll back up to your story and I know mm-hmm. you'll come back and answer a lot of questions, but yeah. number one, you're 29 when you felt this lump and that's not even an age when screening mammograms are recommended. So number one, good job for doing a breast exam and finding the lump. And that's her, you know, my doing all these social media things is to tell the young woman to make sure and be have self-body awareness, which means knowing your body, including your breasts, if there's any lumps, any masses, any nipple discharge, any skin changes, you want to be your own advocate and you want to tell your doctor. So that's first thing that you did great for yourself. And also now you're helping so many other young women as a result of your own you know, step that you did. And you became your own advocate, making sure that it all gets worked up. And the one of the things with young women is you have dense breast tissue. It's so hard to find cancer in dense breast tissue. There's two problems with dense breast tissue. One is it looks white on mammogram and cancer looks white on mammogram. So cancer can hide in dense breast tissue. And number two, dense breast tissue itself increases your risk of getting breast cancer. It's a risk factor for breast cancer, just like being a female is a risk factor for breast cancer. And there's two things. In Ohio, the good thing is there is a new bill that's passed by Governor Mike Devine, 371, and it actually mandates insurance companies to pay for additional screening like MRIs or ultrasound after a mammogram for the women who have dense breast tissue. So that's really great. You did that for yourself, Kendra, but I have watched you and from day one, um, the way that you handled everything with so much grace and so much beauty in spite of feeling those feelings. And we were just talking about taking power back. And I think you took some of that power back. Okay. I want a bilateral mastectomy, which in absence of a mutation or even with a mutation, there's no survival benefit. And women will, you know, frequently ask me that. And, uh, and we will say there's no survival benefit, but women will opt for that because, you know, sometimes peace of mind, sometimes for symmetry purposes, but knowing that nothing is hundred percent guarantees you against getting breast cancer back. A mastectomy decreases your chance of getting cancer back by 90 to 95%, but it's never hundred percent. 
So unfortunately, you're also one of those women who got the cancer back in spite of having a double mastectomy, and that can happen about three to five percent of the time. It's really, and your cancer was in the underneath the armpit, which is really difficult to, when you do a mastectomy, you really don't go all the way into the armpit to get that cancer out. So um, there's a number of different lessons for you from you is number one, pushing for your own self to get, you know, more workup, more imaging, more biopsies, you know, advocating for what you want. And then things don't always go perfectly. You had infection. Um, that is devastating to have infection. I've been there myself. And, you know, having to have the implants taken out, which I've had myself, that's also devastating. Now you have all this loose skin, every day you look at yourself. So the body image, how did you handle those emotions that come with the body image issues? I remember after the double mastectomy, I wouldn't look at myself. One, I don't like medical stuff, period. But I had my husband actually take a picture of myself and I could look at it before even just standing in front of a mirror and like accepting like, this is what my new body looks like. You're constantly trying to adjust with everything that's thrown at you. Um, and trying to find the new you. And, and yes, you look at yourself as a person inside, but also outside. It's just who you are. It's a natural thing, I think, feel like. When the expanders got removed, I didn't know where to really turn at that point. I didn't know what was next for me. And that was probably the hardest point is trying to figure out what's next. And I think, honestly, knowing that there was more to myself and my life being a mom, that it was like, I didn't need to look a certain way for my kids or anything to have them love me. I think, so I will probably contribute a lot to my kids that no matter what I looked like underneath my, my clothes, they accepted me who I was and, and life went on. There were times, I think bathing suits is probably the biggest thing. It's not a flat, loose skin, it's lumpy. I learned to wear prosthetics and it was okay. But then when it came to bathing suits, all this awkward skin and you don't feel very feminine and, and everything else that, you just kind of roll with the punches and try to figure out what works. Uh, and like I said, you try different 10 different styles and found, I actually found ones that like had ruffled, um, like overlay and stuff. I was like, I ordered 10 of those because I was like, those make me feel good. You can't tell that I was flat underneath or had odd, loose, thick skin. I Yeah, it just, it makes a difference. You just kind of keep trying different things and trying to find that thing that makes you feel good about yourself. Now you had talked about being diagnosed a second time mm -hmm. and I know our audience, including myself, I'm sure, including you, Dr. Allah Harvey, we have to deal with that fear of recurrence. Dr. Allah Harvey, you had mentioned before, whether it was to me or somebody else, I don't remember, but if cancer comes back again, we're just going to fight it again. Like that's what we're going to do. Like there's the next best step. And, and what does that look like? So where were you emotionally, mentally, maybe take us through that experience. Um, the first diagnosis, I think it's hard because it's the first time you're saying you're hearing the words you have cancer in the back of my mind. Did I ever think it would come back here and there, but it wasn't a daily thing because I think it was caught so early and it was stage zero. I mean, it's DCIS. I found other people that I connected with who went through breast cancer. Unfortunately, it seemed one got reoccurrence and then another did. So someone I was very close to had a reoccurrence probably a year before I had my second diagnosis. So then anytime that you hear someone else 
get re-diagnosed um, or it comes back, it, it, it comes up in your mind. But going into that appointment, I, I remember telling my mom, like, just stay in the car. It'll be 10 minutes. I'll be back out. They'll just do a quick check. It will be no big deal. Again, I think it was harder because I wasn't expecting it. I think if I found the lump myself and then going into the appointment thinking, okay, this, this could be it. This, this really could be the reoccurrence. I might've been a little easier to handle. Um, kind of like the first occurrence because it's like, I found the lump. Okay. They're telling me it's not, but by golly, in the back of my mind, it, I think it is cancer. So I was so blindsided that second time. So I think emotionally, it was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to experience in my life, to be honest, besides even, I mean, harder than the chemo, the radiation, everything else to hear it the second time and not even have a inkling that it was there was the hardest thing. And I think that's interesting because it hit, it was so hard and you're here with us today mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you're smiling and you're sharing your story. So even though we have those hardships in life and sometimes we are blindsided by it, we're going to do it. Like mm-hmm. we are going to get through this. And I think you're a great example of that, of, of coming out on this other side of look what I've been through and I'm here and I'm smiling and I'm finding ways to help people. Right. So let's talk about then ways that you have used your diagnosis to help other people. Like when Dr. Hala Harvey told me about this, I'm like, no way. So as far as you raising money and what you're doing, share that with our audience. And again, this is how I feel like you take your power back from such an ugly diagnosis. Yes. I feel like in life, things are handed to you for a reason. Um, Sometimes they're really hard and no one understands why, but I wanted to find my why. I wanted to take this horrible thing and change it to something just positive. I mean, I feel like, I mean, cancer is a bad thing, but it can be empowering. And I wanted to do so much with it. Okay. So this walk, um, I started, um, I got about 10 people on my side. Some people were individuals who either um, just knew me and wanted to give back to the community. Others were ones that had breast cancer themselves at some point and wanted to rally together Some people um, had known someone that went through breast cancer and just wanted to give back. So we came up with the idea that we were going to do a walk. It's a two-mile walk. Um, We hold it in October. Any money raised. So we do shirts. Um, People come out in a whole attire of pink um, to funny hats, to costumes, to tutus. I mean, all decked out in pink. Um, We all come out and then you kind of walk this path where people who either are fighting breast cancer, survived it, or in memory of someone, their names are are throughout the walk. So we raise money through raffles, um, from the signs, from the shirts, and then we give those back to the local cancer associations then that can help more people. So it's been four years since my first diagnosis. And the first year we raised 7,000. The second year we raised nine. Uh, The third year we did 19,000. And this past year we did 26,000. Um, I get very choked up about it because I don't want to say it's a dream of mine, but I never thought it would be what it is today. And I feel more and more people want to get involved. And I've had people come up to me and say, this is the one day of the year that we come and celebrate my daughter who passed away from breast cancer three years ago. And to give someone that day, it's empowering. I mean, to give them that special day to, to let them celebrate their life. I have people who come up to be a survivor and they're like, this is the day that me and my friends get together and we just celebrate how far we've come. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got the fighters that they're just <laughs> going through the thickness of it right now. And they just need that support to see that other people have made it through and, and they are okay too. What an amazing thing. Um, 
more, I want to talk about the money for a second, but mm-hmm. I can see this is more than raising money. Like this is building a community and support and a place for people to feel comfort. And that community is so important, but I, I don't do math very quickly. What was the total you've raised so far? So to date, um, we've 60,000. Wow. That's incredible. That's amazing, Kendra, that you, again, taking your power back, finding good in the bad, because nobody wants this, but imagine if you weren't diagnosed, like, like first, I mean, yes, life would be different, but look at the lives Mm -hmm. you've impacted. And that's where like our reach goes so far. And, and just to know one person is started with an idea because of a cancer diagnosis and look like I have goosebumps right now. Like just look at the impact you're having. And we all have that power. Yeah. We all have the power to do good from this bad situation that has been handed to us. And I just, I'm like blown away at, at what you've accomplished. Thank you. I want to say thank you. Thank you so much. I want to hear more about this walk though. Like what's the name of it? If people want to donate, how do they do that? Yes. Um, so it's called paint the pavement pink. We are close for, I mean, donations and such can be mailed to paint the pavement pink. Um, they, we do have a Facebook page. I'm sure we can provide the link for and everything, but yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. I know that is incredible. That's incredible. You know, I usually, when I give my talks, I talk about leaving a legacy. And I think that's what happens when you get diagnosed with cancer, you want to leave a legacy. And, and oftentimes I say the legacy that we leave is what we do while we are here. Right. So we are, we know we are born and we die. Like that's a, that's a given. That's a for sure. Definite thing. What we do from the time we are born to the time we die is really what matters and what we can do and what we are in control of. And so you're a great example of a young lady. I mean, there's so many lessons just talking to you. Throughout this entire journey, you lose a lot of control of a lot of things. And that's where you got to get empowered and say, okay, I can't control me lose my hair, but you know what I can control? It's my decision today. I'm going to shave it. Again, take control. I told my um, hairstylist, I said, how much do I need to donate? And she goes, well, you're like right there. Let's just cut it a little shorter. And I think you're good. And I'm like, again, that's where I felt empowered or I could give back or take something negative and make it a positive. Yeah. Let's donate my hair. That's something I can get out of this. So Kendra, you've been through quite a bit with the first diagnosis, second diagnosis, and you, you did it. You're doing it. I just want to ask like my final question is how are you? How is Kendra, the person, not the Kendra, the mom, not Kendra, the wife. Yeah. We want to know how the Kendra, the person is really. Yes, I do feel good. Um, and I do choose things that make me feel good. I surround myself with people that are going to pick me up, uh, negativity. I just kind of, kind of, you know, people want to come in and complain about the silliest things in life. And I'm like, I don't want to hear it today. If you've been diagnosed with cancer, any treatment or or anything serious, or been through something very hard in life, losing someone you love, um, it changes you as a person completely. And you look at life so differently and the silliest little things that used to maybe bother you, you you let it roll off your shoulders at this point. There's such bigger problems than dirty dishes in the sink. Yes. (laughs) That, That have been sitting there for four days. I mean, you just learn to, it gives to, you perspective, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you have a different yeah. perspective on life. Yes. The little things don't really matter. Yeah. What matters yeah. is the time we have left and how we're going to spend it. Yeah. yeah. Don't sweat the small stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. What an amazing, incredible woman you are and what a great role model to your kids and people around you and the difference you're making in this world and what a legacy you're leaving. I'm just so incredibly blessed to know you, uh, to play a little role in your life. And uh, thank you so much for being here today. 
And we'll put some links in our podcast yes. episode. Yeah. If someone wants to check out yeah. the walk that you do, or perhaps someone would want to donate yeah. some money towards that. I just, yeah, we're excited yeah. to support what's, you. What's future? What's uh, in the future for Kendra? Kendra, the person again, what's in future? Yeah, that's, that's a tough question. Um, the sky's the limit, right? I mean, yeah. just be a mom. And, and, and I think just, I, I really, truly feel be there for other survivors. Um, be those for di- early diagnosis, be that sounding board, because that was so helpful for me when I was diagnosed. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you for your time today. Kenya. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you so much. Take care. We love you. Yes. Bye. 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 I mean, what an incredible role model she is for everyone out there, man, woman, whoever. Mm-hmm. And I think of just being a mother in this world is such a huge role that we play. We bring this person into this world and, you know, we are responsible to taking care of them, helping them mold this person to someone who contributes to the society. She's not only doing that successfully with four children, she was diagnosed so young and just the way that she navigated through life. And it it almost felt like she got hit at every end and every time she picked herself up, but then she keeps picking herself up and keeps going. And that's all we are supposed to do. Yeah. And sometimes you just take a day at a time, sometimes an hour at a time, but Uh, You just have to get yourself off, brush yourself off. Just keep going. Keep moving. Keep moving for sure. Well, thank you everyone for joining us today. We hope you found this podcast encouraging and empowering as well. So until next time, see you guys later. Bye-bye.